This is Tech Talk for Accountant Show, where we discuss the hottest topics, tools, apps, and trends in the accounting industry. This show is sponsored by Rush Tech Support, who is offering all listeners of the show a free IT audit so you can know whether or not your business is at risk of being hacked, having a data breach, or getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for non-compliance. You can schedule a free check at rushtech.online slash podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show, and I'm your host, Andrew Lassis, with Tech for Accountants and Rightworks, IT specializing in the accounting industry, and with us today, we've got the wonderful Matt Banker, who's the founder and lead strategist for Benchmark Growth Marketing, a marketing agency for accounting firms, so you guys could be called like marketing agency for accounting firms, and just be like a subset of Tech for Accountants, right? (laughs) (laughs) Basically could be. (laughs) Yeah we kind of have an idea of what marketing is and what it means to different people. But why don't we just take a a high level view, Matt, yourself, and how you help accountants. Yeah. Marketing is one of the things I like to say is marketing is expensive, but you can spend time or you can spend money. Those are the options. And so when we think about what do you do to market an accounting firm, it really depends your size, what your goals are, who your audience is. We tend to work mostly with firms who are, they're on like a subscription model or kind of a B2B space. They're mostly looking for other businesses to do accounting for. So less on the tax only side, although a lot of them you know, have a tax practice as well. And so our goal when it just comes to marketing is it's, you pay for these three things. You pay for strategy, which is like good ideas. What are, the, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna invest your time? You pay for labor which is someone's got to write things, design things, set up things, manage things. And then you pay in certain cases for platforms, which is distribution and promotion. So that might be you're paying Google ads. It might be that you're posting organically on social media. You know, in one case, you're paying money. In the other case, you're paying time. We help accounting firms in all three of those areas, but that, but we don't necessarily always do the marketing, like what's kind of thought of as a traditional marketing agency. Not everything that we do is just, you know, designing websites and running ads. We do a lot of education in there and we help. We're really there trying to to provide good marketing strategy, first of all, because that's the piece that a lot of folks end up being missing. And if you go with a more generalist marketing agency, you're going to get more generalist advice, right? You know, the same tactics that they use for an e-commerce business selling stuff on Instagram, they're going to say, hey, you should do that for your accounting firm as well. Well, we don't think that's a great idea. <laughs> so getting that strategy right, that's the core of what we do. And then we've got kind of traditional agency services, you know, website design. We do local SEO. We do content stuff for accounting firms kind of all over the map. And I love the, we hit on this a lot in the show, but the niching in the accounting space versus the generalist everything for everybody, because yeah. you could effectively take everything you do for accounting firms and do it anywhere else and probably get some sort of response. But really, you know, when you're hiring people to handle services like this, it's really, you can't look at it as that 80-20, but really get more granular into the what's going to separate you from everybody else that's doing the exact same thing. And I bang my head against the wall, hiring contractors, marketing experts, blah, blah, blah. For years until, and we tried every single way. I tried to get the super cheap guy 
in another country. I tried getting the super expensive guy in another country. I tried getting the super expensive guy locally. I tried hiring the super expensive guy, having him as a W-2 full-time employee because I thought maybe they just don't understand our company. Mm-hmm. And I threw tons of money at Google Ads, at contractors, and everybody kind of had the same general advice. And once, really, the biggest changing point for us when I fired that crazy expensive marketer and started doing it on my own tactically and focusing on what works for me, what doesn't work for me, and a couple minor tweaks, and we struck gold. But they were so focused in, well, this works in another industry, we can get it to work for yours. So when you're niched in one space, you've already tried a bunch of things with a bunch of firms. And sometimes it's a slight tweak that changes it from a fail to a big success. But also there's the knowledge of knowing, all right, pulling this lever doesn't work in this vertical. So really understanding that is a big separator. And one of the things you have in the background, so certified story brand. I'm familiar, but give a background for those that aren't. Yeah. So story brand is there's a book building a story brand there's a guy donald miller who wrote the book and he came up with this framework and the core idea of story brand is there's really i boil it down to two main concepts the number one is clear is better than clever so it's hard to write short succinct compelling messaging or copy or words for your website but having something that is just radically clear and simple so that people can understand it at a fifth grade level or lower is really key to almost all marketing success that's out there. The more complex it is, the less easy it is for people to understand and move towards actually purchasing. It's not because your buyers are dumb or lazy. It's just that we're all very busy and there is so much noise in the marketplace that if you're not radically clear in your messaging, it's just not getting through to people because they're filtering it out too quickly. They don't have the time, their brain, it's doing it automatically, doesn't have the, the time to to take it in and really pay attention to what you're talking about. That's key concept number one, clear is better than clever. The other one is that you have to make the customer the hero and you want to position yourself or your firm or your company as the guide. And so if you think about it, this is where the title for it, story brand comes from. You think about it like a story. Every story has a hero. So maybe it's like Luke Skywalker. You can imagine that. And they go through a journey. And usually at some point in the journey, they meet someone who's older, wiser, or more experienced, who is the guide that helps them accomplish their dreams. Now, the great thing about it is the guide in a story is actually always the stronger, wiser character in many ways but they're not the center of attention. And so the more that businesses can center their customers, their clients with their marketing messages and everything that they do, and they become this trusted advisor, which to be honest, fits so perfectly with the accounting industry. It's, you know, it's like puzzle pieces connecting together. The more you can do that, the better your marketing does, because you're not saying, Hey, we're the greatest in the world at A, B, and C, you know, you don't plaster your website full of all the awards that you get. Instead, you put things like, you know, we get things off of your plate so you can focus on your business. Or you say, 
you know, we help you build a more profitable business. You're very much focused on them, not like we're the best accounting firm, you know, in such and such city. Yeah, that was a lesson that we had to learn. And it might have been the tipping point where we changed all of our marketing messaging, where before it was, well, we are the best tech support company and we have the best security software that you can buy. Here's why this is better than everything else. And when we started niching down, realized our clients just, they don't care about any mm -hmm. of the technical nuance <laughs> stuff. They really don't care. They don't want to learn things. They want it to work. They want it to be better. They want it to be secure. Want to sleep well at night. That's what our clients want. And so when we change the messaging from we're the best, we're the best, we're the best, we can help you to you don't want to deal with any of this. You have so many more things on your plate that are so much more important yeah. than handling this stuff. You know that it's important, but the problem is you don't have the time or the energy to learn it all or to do it. And then God forbid you did it wrong. Isn't it better to just not have to do that at all? That's what we do is we make it yeah. easy for you. Right. That's what they want. And that doesn't work for all industries. If we were selling tech services to tech people, you'd be like, you don't want to deal with any of this stuff. But <laughs> yes, I do. I right. <laughs> absolutely want to be doing all this stuff. So yeah, having that avatar and understanding who your main client is, what their dreams and aspirations are. And I mean, that's sort of an ongoing yeah. thing in the marketing world in general. So what are your thoughts then? I mean, you obviously niche in the accounting space yeah. specifically for your work, which can be very commoditized. I've yeah. bought well, tons of them that didn't work. So what are some of the suggestions that you give to the firms that you work with? Maybe like day one stuff. Yeah, well, we do. Strategy comes first. This is such an important thing. When you think about those three areas where you could be investing if you get one of them wrong or you just skip over it altogether, we, all the time we see people, we see firms that are pouring like literally thousands of dollars a month into SEO or Google ads or something else that isn't really based around a strategy for their firm. And it's really going to depend. Are you a generalist firm? And therefore you have to focus mostly on the geographic area. You're gonna, we're going to say you should do things like local SEO. And you should be working on like maximizing your footprint in a community. Or are you a niche firm where you work with, you know, you do accounting for medical practitioners. You could work with people all over the state or all over the country. Your focus is going to be something entirely different. We might say you should have a podcast and be inviting doctors on. Or we might say you should be going to conferences or running, you know, Google ads for different keywords. So strategy is the most important piece. And what we find oftentimes is, like you mentioned, when we're talking about strategy, it we have to go back even a step further and say, who are we even selling to? Because a lot of firms don't have clarity around who is that ideal customer. They kind of say, well, you know, we'll, we'll take anyone that can pay the bills. So they usually have like firmographic data. Oh, if they're over 500K in annual revenue, they're a good client for us. Well, that's a favorite market, I suppose, but that's not really the same thing as a niche. This kind of goes back to this idea of being the guide, not the hero. If you say, we'll take anyone who makes a certain amount of annual revenue, because that's a good fit for us, that's making yourself the hero. But if you say, we've got this particular skill set where we have a lot of experience with 
restaurants or auto shops or dentists. And so we understand the benchmarks and the KPIs that are, are in those industries. Well, now you're talking about something that you bring to the table that is extra beneficial for the customer. And so when we start working with a client, a, a key part is identifying who do you really want to go after? Not just who would be a good client for you, but who can you serve really well? And a big part of that is that when you can figure out who your ideal client is, you don't have that downward price pressure on your own fees because you're able to bring more value than just the same thing that every generalist firm can. And even if you serve a lot of different types of businesses, it's not like a vertical niche. You can have a unique approach and, a, and strong messaging for your firm that can really set you apart from others. So strategy, messaging, positioning, that's the key thing. And it, you know, once you get into tactical things, it's different for every firm and every target, but we always start in the same place, which is around, you know, who are you serving? You know, what is your strategy? What's the best way to go to market with your firm? And then we're going to get to tactics later. And I think a lot of people, it's just like you said, they'll skip the strategy part and just go to tactic. And it's, well, mm -hmm. the tactic is, and it always, it, it irks me when people that don't do marketing are selling sponsorship for events. And they're like, like, think you're going to get in front of all of these people. And then my response is, when's the last time you bought something because somebody sponsored an event like it's the first time you've heard of them and they were a gold sponsor or yeah. tell me the last event that you went to tell me about the gold sponsors there plan mm -hmm. just tell me about them oh well you know i wasn't really in the market oh yeah. you you weren't looking for them but if that's part of your strategy and it's an awareness strategy where you are sponsoring exactly mm -hmm. where your same people are. And I've had, I've had a lot of people tell us like, gosh, I see you guys everywhere because mm -hmm. we're sponsoring the accountant trade shows. Like there is not a single dentist that has heard of us other than right. like our old clients that were dentists, but we tried to be the big fish in the small pond. We could speak right. their language. And to them, it seems like we are everywhere, but mm -hmm. We are tactically and strategically in all of the spots where our ideal client is. So it's not a matter of, well, sponsoring an event doesn't work, but okay, you could put my logo on the back of a scorecard on a golf cart. Mm -hmm. Think of all the people that golf. And it's like, yeah, and accountants do golf, but... <laughs> You know, if I was selling like, but it's like adding salt ball. to the ocean, right? Like you're exactly, like it gets, it's an easy way to spend a lot of money without being able to see specific results. And that's such a big deal for smaller companies too, right? Like we're not Coca-Cola. We're not, you're not Apple, right? You're not just trying to be like ever present everywhere. You can only afford really to be like micro famous within a specific niche. And it could be your city. It could be your niche, but you got to figure out what is that kind of micro market that you're going to really target. And a lot of people, you know, they get business off of, well, I do a good job for this client and they refer me to other people. And if you mm -hmm. think about it in that sense, that is the micro niche. It's just mm -hmm. your micro niche is people that you know that you have done business with and people that they know yep. and recommend your services to them. But, you know, as much as a referral is the best kind of lead opportunity 
-hmm. you can get because it's a trusted person giving a recommendation to another trusted person. But the obstacle is it's not really that repeatable and scalable. You can put some things in place to try to push it. However, if that's part of your overall strategy and people sharing your content is part of the strategy and that content leads to things down the road. But the strategy piece of it, I think so many people, they just completely ignore because the strategy isn't, you got like the Russell Brunson's that are like, buy ClickFunnels and you'll make a billion dollars. And it's it's not that ClickFunnels as a tool doesn't work. Right. But if you don't have the strategy in place, having the tools, you think about building a house. If you don't have a blueprint for building a house, I mean, I'm no... GC by any stretch. Like I can barely swing a hammer, but I'd imagine at least like, we'll say like building an Ikea couch. If I don't have the, the pictures to follow along, all I've got is a bunch of wood that maybe can be a couch at some point if I really think about it. Right. So the strategy, and that's going to, that's going to save money in the long run. Right. Like it's not just an expensive thing. That's the key. I think is, I mean, there, there's always this, I'll just like put my cards on the table, right? My my business, probably yours too, is not that different than the accounting firms that we serve, right? It's an expertise business. The The most value that I can bring to my clients is not in the stuff that I do. It's in the tactic or it's in the strategic side of things. You know, it's not like your ability to install software or hardware for an accounting firm. That is not the real value. It's the ability to know you know, what kind of tech do you need for your firm, you know, for these different things? And the same thing is true for accountants, right? Like the value you bring is not filing taxes. It's the insight that you have into their business. And so the more that you can, you can be involved in those strategic decisions, actually, the more you can help your clients in the long run. There are tons of marketing companies out there who are making good money off of, you know, volume play, you know, commoditized marketing stuff. They're you know, duplicate, you know, they're using the same content for a lot of places, or they're using the same templates and all these things. And there's ways for that to work. But if it's not dialed in well for your particular firm and what your needs are, you're not going to get as much money out of it. And so even though you might be spending more on an expert or someone who's in a niche than you would if you went out and hired a freelancer or someone who's, who's more of a generalist, you get the dividends back because you're not wasting time testing out things that we already know aren't going to work, or you're not wasting time explaining your business model and coming back every month trying to say, here's what you need to do different. And your clients are feeling the same way. When you know their business, they really value that level of insight that you can bring to it. And so I love working with accountants because of that piece. You know, Our businesses are fairly similar, even though we're in really different communities. And I feel like I've learned so much from my clients, the businesses that they run, you know, I don't know anything about accounting still. That's, and that's part, partially that's the point because my job is to be their customer, right? I'm trying to be a person who doesn't understand, you know, taxes and, you know, all of the bookkeeping feature, like the detail stuff, because that's what, that's what most of your clients are. And so when you're marketing, you need to be thinking about who are you trying to sell to? I'm kind of your ideal client that's the role that I want to be in, but there's still a lot of similarities between our businesses, which I love. We, we recognize that with a lot of our marketing and messaging and, you know, I'll have anecdotes 
of I believed that my own accountant was doing what he was supposed to be doing. I don't really understand accounting. So I hired a guy that I like, and mm -hmm. he really seemed to know what he was talking about. And eventually it came out that he wasn't doing his job at all. He had mm -hmm. done the same thing to some friends. We were all in the same circle. And we all had shared stories of this guy really, really, really did us wrong. But at the same time, it is our responsibility as the business owner. So mm -hmm. yes, I hired an accountant. Yes, I thought that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. No, I don't have the ability to look at what he's doing and say that this is right or wrong. However, it's still my responsibility. And so, you know, we share that in some of our messaging. Like I had hired this guy and paid a ton of extra money in taxes. He was giving me a great rate on books. He wasn't doing my books. So, <laughs> so like I only paid him $150 a month, which is a great right. price for someone to do your books, except yeah. for he didn't do my books. Like right. I, I didn't get reconciled anything. Like I just didn't know that like your QuickBooks numbers were supposed to match close or at least be very close to the number in your bank account. I just thought it was just like an arbitrary, look, it's got this number and it never matches this number. I didn't know they were supposed to match. And then like, <laughs> I got one that actually does. That's so funny. Yeah, but I had a, a third party look at his work, say, oh my gosh, I'm not trying to sell you, but I'm just letting you know that this yeah. is a catastrophe. And, yeah. you know, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. And right. so I share that story and it's, you know, we see this all the time with people that come to us, they have a data breach. Well, my IT guy said this, that, and the other, and yeah. we do just a very, a simple audit for us. And it's like, your guy hasn't, like, I can look at the logs and tell you, he has not done one thing for you for the last three years. Like right. I, maybe he's doing some, something that I've never heard of ever, but you're not happy. Things are running slow. Things seem wrong. And when I looked at it, it says that nothing's been done for three years. I know you paid him for the last three years. I'm not saying you didn't. I know he said a lot of stuff that you don't understand. So I, I bring that story around to, yeah, I, he seemed like he knew what he was talking about. He seemed like he yeah. was doing a good job. Like you know, my friend's buying like a $2 million property and the bank is, well, can you give us an updated P&L? And it took him like seven weeks to get it. And then he sends it to them and it's wrong. He's oh, God, they're nitpicking everything. It's like, if you were doing his books, shouldn't that right. be like available already? Well, you bring up, a, I think, a, a point is you run into folks like this in a lot of different industries. But if you're your IT person or your marketing person or your accountant, if they can't tell you what they're doing and what it's supposed to like, how it's supposed to work and then what kind of metrics or what sorts of things are you going to look to see if it's successful? You know, there's no need to hide the ball, right? Like marketing people, I, this is one of the things that frustrates me about my industry is that there's a lot of folks who who like to kind of hide the things that they're doing, like how it's supposed to work, why it's supposed to work, because they feel like that gives them some sort of power in the relationship. But I think that really the more that you can help educate your clients, I mean, to the degree that they want, not everybody wants to know all these details, but you know, when my clients ask, you know, well, what are you doing for local SEO? We should be able to tell them what we're doing, how it's going to affect their search rankings and how we're going to tell if it's working or not. If someone's saying, oh, there's this bunch of like mumbo jumbo, we do these special things in the background. The algorithm. Fix things. 
yeah, it's just it's the we're algorithm. Gonna, we're gonna do we're gonna do stuff with the algorithm. You know, there's no reason that they should be obscuring that kind of stuff. And I think if there's one thing marketing companies are good at in a bad way is often putting together reports that look like everything is going well without being able to correlate that to revenue or explain, you know, what is it that they're doing that is affecting those reports. And so we we really believe in a lot of that transparency. This kind of goes back to this idea of, you know, be the guide as we've sat in that seat and we try to really give good advice and really explain things and educate the audience that we're targeting, which is accounting firm owners. That comes back to us in spades in terms of business. You know, it's a great way for us to develop trust. And we don't lose sales because we're teaching people how to do their own marketing. We're actually building trust as a result. And that turns into something that that is positive for our business. And I think accounting firms, they can do, you do the same thing with your clients. The more you can help them understand what it is that they should be looking at in their PL and, you know, understanding whatever it is about industries that comes back to you in terms of goodwill. And it's a great way to develop prospects and opportunities and clients. And one of, one of the workshop titles we were going to have for this, and you know, these shows always take a million different twists and turns, mm-hmm. but how can you turn, I mean, this is a great segue. How can you turn yeah. free advice into paying customers? So you said, okay, you know, mm-hmm. people kind of keep their cards to their chest. Well, if I give away everything that I'm doing, well, then I'm going to lose business. And frankly, I mean, my experience has been just the opposite. And I had people when we started, I mean, 2019, the IRS starts requiring that everybody has a WISP and there's no WISP template. There's no, the instructions on it are extremely Mm -hmm. difficult. And I literally made the first template that ever existed. We were going to sell it, decided to give it away for free. And, you know, people are working for me. They're like, dude, why would you give it away for free? That's stupid. You've built this thing that has a ton of value. No one knows how to do this right now either. Like you're giving away everything. And my thought was we will give it away to people that want to do it Mm -hmm. and the people that want to do it and then discover that it's a lot harder than it looks. They come to us saying, I know how difficult this is. And mm-hmm. you have already established yourself as an authority, and it's not an immediate thing. It's not they just discovered us and clicked by now. It, it happened, yep. but it's building a relationship. We give them strategies on how to do it, and some people say, thank you. I did it for free. That was nice of you, but more often than not, yeah. people say, can you just do this for me? It's too much. Well. What's happening to today, right? This accelerated during the pandemic, but it was already trending in this, in this direction, is that the way that people make decisions on who they hire and what they buy, there's really only two ways. Now, this might change a little bit with ChatGPT, but bear with me for a second. You basically will go to Google and you will type in and look for something in Google search, or maybe if you use Bing, I guess. You're going to go and search the internet and you're going to look at reviews and forums and things like that to find recommendations. Or you're going to go to your personal network. And that can be people you know in real life, or it can be communities that you're in as a professional, right? And during the pandemic, these communities really started to explode. And you know, all of us are involved in, you know, or if you're not involved, you have the opportunity. You could be in private Facebook groups, you could be on Slack channels or Discord servers. You could be in other forums, you could be in masterminds, 
all of these little communities. And so when you go out and you start serving your community or your niche by giving away free advice, what you're doing is you're giving your reputation the opportunity to jump into these spaces that you don't have access to. You can't go into a private Slack channel and talk about accounting for roofers, right? But if you're giving away this content for free on Facebook and all of these roofer owners are like, oh, this is so great, you know, maybe two of them take it and implement it themselves and they see success in their business. But then when they're in this, you know, group with their other roofing contractor, you know, owners and someone brings up a question, they'll say, oh yeah, so-and-so had this great piece of content or PDF or whatever. And so you're getting access to this really important trusted space because you're giving away content for free. And if you're, and if you're taking that free advice and you're putting it behind too many paywalls, or to be honest, even these days, we're moving away from putting things behind email walls because yeah, it would be great to get someone on your email list and nurture them over time. But in many cases, we see more value in trying to get our best, most valuable information out there for free because we want it to infiltrate these communities through people who may not even buy from us, but who we can develop trust with and they're going to refer and tell their friends about it. That is, it's such a huge marketing play right now, I think, to be giving this advice away for free as much as you can. And I think what it comes back around to, you know, we're talking about the referrals and being the trusted advisor to the trusted advisor. With everybody that has their walls up with everything these days, not to mention, you know, the accounting industry can be commoditized, which is why you know, one of the strategies that does work well among a million other strategies, but niching and finding the communities that you want to infiltrate, like you said, like getting in front of them and making yourself well-known big fish in a small pond really is the way to go about it. Like the company that acquired us, they're 40 times larger than us as far as revenue. And, but they knew who we were, like they talked to us specifically, there's 492,000 private IT companies. Why did someone 40 times larger than us speak to us? Mm -hmm. And part of that was we have seen you in this small pond enough times to think that it would be a good move strategically for us to work together. Yeah. So they saw the strategy that we were putting forth and, you know, it ended up being literally like a, we joke amongst ourselves calling it the, it's a peanut butter and chocolate combination. <laughs> and yeah. that's really what we were going for. But part of it was your face is everywhere in this very specific thing that we want to get into. So it's mm -hmm. great that you already have the face and presence here. But in order for them to even know that we existed, it's not because we spent so much money and it, you know, we just bought our way into their, you know, their vision. Yeah. But the community that we both serve, mm -hmm. because it's small, there's not a lot of players, it helped them to recognize us. And the reason they recognized us is because thousands of, people in that community became our clients. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because we only work with accountants, part of our strategy, there is not a single dentist that is 
looking to do work with tech for accountants. Like none of them. There are no yeah. dentists. Like there's some tax attorneys. There's, there's probably some, you know, tech for dentist guy out there that oh, you've they, never heard definitely. of that they all know about. <laughs> it, well, exactly. And that's the point of if that's part of your strategy. But, you know, I think when we come to the generalists with marketing, where you know, take ours, for example, okay, niche in the accounting industry, give them something of value, and maybe down the road, they will think of us if they want to, if they want to pursue having an IT company or have someone do their security plan for them. Yeah. But if, so that works at least in tech, or at least in small-ish tech managed IT services, like I have the formula there, it works for a tech company. Now, if you try to apply that exact same thing in another industry, that doesn't mean that it will work. And that's where these generalist marketers were like, oh, well, TikTok ads crushing it in women's fashion. So <laughs> it will also crush in yeah. your professional services firm. And that's not, I mean, I've never done TikTok ads, so I could be completely out there, but <laughs> I'm saying something that in my yeah. mind wouldn't work, but I, I right. also could be wrong. I haven't tested it. I don't know. It seems like it wouldn't, which is another yeah. marketing thing. Just because you don't think it will work does not yeah. always mean that it won't. Because we've had some giant wins that I was just like, eh, we'll try it. But oh, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and it's worth, you know, it's worth thinking outside the box occasionally. But I think a lot of times, it, this is something we run into. There, there's this tension between best practices and then also trying to find a space where you can compete where there aren't so many other people competing, right? So there are like best practices for accounting firms when it comes to marketing. There's, you know, there's a few tactics that we tend to lead pretty heavily on every time. A great website is almost always gonna be a major benefit for a, an accounting firm, whatever your niche or area or whatever it is. That's, we're gonna use that same tactic almost all the time. But there are other things like, choosing who your target market is and how you approach that market. You know, I think, hey, I think that if there's a if there's an accounting firm listening who is willing to invest a ton of time on Reddit, you know, pick a couple like Reddit threads for specific niches and just give away tax advice for free on those threads. That'd be a great way, an easy way to build a pretty amazing practice. But, you know, that's, there are, so there are these opportunities that no one else is playing in right now instead of just leaning into, well, everybody says we should do SEO. And so I guess we'll do, we'll write a bunch of blog articles about, you know, changes in tax law or whatever. It, you know, when you're competing in a really mature space, SEO, I think is a really mature marketing channel. And there's a lot of people, it's a lot of competition there. It's just going to take longer. It's going to be more expensive. And that might be the best practice. So th this is kind of where it comes back to this idea of, when you know who you're after and you have strong strategy, there are lots of different ways to get to success. The underlying like fundamentals of marketing are that humans buy from humans. And so if you understand how to communicate well to humans, you can apply that in a lot of different channels and be pretty creative. I mean, it's the same thing. A piece of technology is never going to solve a process problem, right? If your process is all messed up, the problem isn't that you're using the wrong piece of software. It's that you got to figure out like, how is this supposed to work? And then you can find the piece of software that's going to really work well with you. 
but you can't just keep switching, you know, from one piece of software to another one thinking you're going to find the silver bullet. And we see the same thing in marketing where people are like, oh, the reason that we're not getting any business is because, you know, TikTok ads, like everybody's doing TikTok ads. We got to do that now. Oh, now we have to switch over and, you know, run a different thing. And they keep switching and switching, but it's because that strategy piece at the beginning, understanding who they're after, how they're going to message it, how they're going to position their company, like clarity in their branding. If you never go through that process, it's just, you know, throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping something will stick. I guess the bad news is that every once in a while it does. And so you think that you found the silver bullet successful thing, but you accidentally did it sometimes, right? And a more clear, predictable way to get there is to really think through, you know, what is your strategy and, and make sure you get that right as the first step. And once you get sort of that first win too, then you can double down and mm -hmm. optimize. And once, you know, you get it to a certain point, I mean, you know, we've been fine tuning our model really for the last four years. And so we can put metrics and numbers on pretty much every campaign that we do, what the holistic approach will be, what the ROI will be, or, you know, what our lifetime value of a customer is and whether or not it's worth it to invest upfront, take a loss, knowing yep. what the long-term things will be. And some of the campaigns that we've done, like I will joke saying, yeah, I had to choose, had to choose uh, sponsoring this event or sending my daughter to college. We'll see which one was <laughs> the right choice. And that is the accurate math on yeah. some of them, you know, big tickets, right. but being in front of the clients that we want to be in front of, having that strategy in place, knowing, okay, when somebody speaks to us, this is how we speak to them. This is the journey that we would like to take them on. We are not the heroes. They are the hero. We are Obi-Wan. We must always remember that we are Obi-Wan. Or if you want to go Yoda, if we're doing different, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you are not Luke Skywalker ever. Yeah. Right. Well, our, these accounting firms, they can be Luke Skywalker. You can be Obi-Wan. I'll be Yoda. We've got each got our own, you know, little <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with our powers combined, we'll beat the Death Star. So yeah. Matt, it's been great chatting with you. I feel like this could go uh, way longer, yeah. but where can people find you online, learn more about yeah. your offering? Personally, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, um, a little bit active on Twitter, but Matt Banker, find me on LinkedIn. And then our website is marketingforaccountingfirms.com. So it's pretty, pretty easy to remember. And the company's called Benchmark Growth Marketing. Awesome. Well, be sure to check that out, Matt. It was great talking to you, having you on the show. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to like it. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, thanks for tuning in to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. And take care, Matt. It was great having you on. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Be sure to subscribe if you like the show. And remember, if you would like a complimentary IT audit of your business, go to rushtech.online slash podcast to schedule a time with a certified technician who can look over your current IT systems and make recommendations on how to make sure you and your clients are safe.